Hello and welcome to the Dorm Room Dispute Podcast. Happy opening day. Uh, the Chicago Cubs have the best record of baseball, and it's absolutely sickening. So hopefully, uh, by the time you're listening to this, uh, second game of the regular season, or the day of the regular season started to begin, uh, and, you know, some other teams should have them tied to the standings. But, you know what? Shout out Nico Horner. Hit a home run today. First home run since 2019. Couldn't believe that. Enough about the Cubs. Though. That's too much Cubs talk for this podcast already. There's a lot to discuss. Uh, Kansas, the national champion. Duke, uh, Coach K, his ride is over. Lots of Laker drama. Uh, so let's get into it. Uh, I want to start with this. Um, so I went to the Clippers game last Sunday. And, you know, before I get into the sports takes, I'm just going to preface this. Just so you people for the audience at home. Is America's honesty broken? I just want to make sure we're fair here. Uh, so you know who you're getting your sports knowledge from. Um, this dumbass of a host... Uh, locked his keys in his own damn car. I think it, it might have been top five dumbest things I've ever done. Uh, they had to get a locksmith out there. It, it, it was terrible. The whole the whole ordeal looked like it was from a sitcom bit. Uh, but that's the first time I've ever done that. I've always wondered, like, how do you lock your own keys in your own... Yeah, I, I found out. And <laughs> um, not ideal. And on top of that, it was a rush to get to the stadium because it was Reggie Jackson bobblehead day. But thank God the Clippers don't have any fans. It was first 10,000 fans. Game started at 630. We got there around like 6, 615-ish. Like 15 minutes before tip-off. They still had some left. So, uh, I mean, the L.A. definitely Lakers town. And that proved it. But I, they shouldn't be. They shouldn't be. I'll tell you why. The, the, the Clippers might be one of the, the better-run organizations in basketball. You look at the, just the polar opposites between them and the Lakers. You know, the Lakers are known for their showtime thing, supposed to be flashy, big brand of basketball. Clippers play a fun brand of basketball. I, I love the mix of the young guys they have on that roster with the veterans. Unlike the Lakers, they didn't cast off all their young guys for an old wash-up geriatric ward. You know, they got a solid mix. And you look at this team, they've been staying afloat. And they're in the eighth seed right now, despite missing Paul George and Kawhi Leonard the, the entire year. And now that Paul George back, I think they make it the... I wouldn't want to face him round one. Like, one of the... They got shooting off the bench, Luke Kennard. I think they got a good point guard on Reggie Jackson that can distribute. I, the Zubats is a solid big man, but Toom is the guy, another... Like, they got some... They got length, they got size, they can run the floor... You know, that was like watching a Showtime team. That's what the Lakers should have been this year. They're throwing alley-oops. There's no-look passes. They're running the floor. They're going out in transition. Paul George knocked down like five threes. I'm watching this Clippers team. I'm like, damn, I, this is a team I can get behind. They're fun. And they're missing Kawhi Leonard. So the Lakers should have been here. You know the difference is, though? Well-run team. Well-run team. You know? Because the Lakers, who who is running things at this point? I think you can make the argument. Is Genie Buss even that good of an owner? Yeah, I, I don't think so. Look at, some, look at some of the hires. Rob Palenka's been kind of a boob. They kind of gave control over to LeBron, and look what's happened this year. Now he's kind of checked out. Uh, Anthony Davis, I know we touched on that last week. I mean, what are you going to do with him? Like, he, Everyone's like, oh, well, trade him. Like, who are you going to trade him for? If, if I'm a team, if I'm the Chicago Bulls or something, like take them, for example. I'm not giving up young assets for an old injury-prone Anthony Davis, who, by the way, reports say he came into training camp all out of shape and he doesn't like to work out. It's like he had a quote, and it's kind of, this was frustrating to hear. Because he's like, well, you know, they call me injury pro. It was when I was last year in the playoffs. Essentially, the quote was, I don't know, but he was like, essentially his point was, last year in the playoffs, I was hurt. I tried to play through the injury, and people were like, well, he shouldn't have been out there. He made it worse. And then this year, he misses games, and everyone's like, well, he's fragile. He's injury prone. And he's like, well, like, which one do people want? It's like, well, you know, you wouldn't have this problem, like, if the stigma wasn't, because he has the stigma of being injury prone, which happens. Like, you know, freak, freak injuries happen, but 
You know who they don't happen to? People that take care of their body. Like LeBron James for the first, you know, 16 years of his career. He was never hurt. Because he spends like a million dollars a year on his body. Uh, Russell Wilson. He never gets hurt. You take out this year with the freak hand injury, but like, he's always on the floor. Anthony Davis shows up out of shape. He had to try to play himself into shape. Yeah, you know, at this point in his career, like, it's, it's kind of sad. And he's only like 29. And the thing is, he's not even that old. He's not even that old. He just didn't take care of himself. So this is not there. That team is a, that team, that Lakers team might go down, I think, is the funnest train wreck of all time. Like, the memes when they got eliminated from the playoffs, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Like, they had a one shining moment with the Lakers season. They had me roll. I, look it up uh, on Twitter if you get the chance. It's just like, it was such a clown show. It was one comical, like, between Russell Westbrook hitting, throwing up a brick that doesn't even hit the rim. Like, it's just his side of the backboard to Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony missing layups, LeBron not trying on defense, you know, DeAndre Jordan running out there. Like, there's times this season DeAndre Jordan was just out there for the exercise. And everyone wants to blame Frank Vogel. I don't even think he had to stay in the roster. He's a defensive head coach. How many guys out there on that team play defense? Like, it's just, uh, it's that. And if you're in L.A. and you're a casual fan, I, I think you should jump on the Clippers bandwagon. Like, that's a well-run front office. Jerry West and the company, they put together a good roster. And Steve Ballmer wants to spend money. They're going to build a beautiful new stadium in Inglewood. You got two great stars in Paul George and Kawhi. And look what they did without him. Like, Ty Lue has a case for Coach of the Year. I'm serious. He's not going to win, but like... They made another team. You take away their two best players and that they're vying for a playoff spot. And then Powell and Covington are there too. Yeah, Powell, who they added at the trade deadline, he's hurt now too, and they're still winning games. They're going to be the eighth seed. They're going to play the Suns probably round one. It will not be a sweep. That's going to be a tough series. I'll take Suns and six in that one. But the, this Clippers team is going to make things difficult. Though. You watch. And next year, I, I would already place my futures bet. Clippers will win the finals. Like, book it. This team's up and coming. That, that's a fun team to watch um everyone let's go kansas final four stuff uh coach k let me just say this props to him on a final career everyone was rooting against duke i saw a lot of send-offs like farewell coach k all, all that stuff so it was well deserved and the fact that they you know what his final year you can't say that's a failure like i get it you lost north carolina you hated rival your final game in your career like that sucks i mean not really because you know screw duke i wasn't rooting for duke but like coach k give, give the mets props his last year went to the Final Four. There's a lot of schools you hang a banner for a Final Four. That's impressive. So, yeah, you know, you can't look down on this Duke season at all. The guys played their asses off more. So I, I will give credit where credit's due. And Coach K, you know, fellow Polish man with the ski, uh, Krzyzewski, uh, Kaminsky, you know. Us skis stick together. So props to you, Coach, uh, on a great year. I know you're not listening to this. No one's really listening. But, like, you know, if you are, you give Coach K some props. Um, as for the, the, the actual the championship itself, um, I think you could argue that if that guy from North Carolina doesn't get hurt, and I get they blew a huge lead. But I think if that one center doesn't get hurt near the end there, doesn't roll his ankle again, because he was already playing gingerly, I think they win that game. I think North Carolina would have won that game. Now, Kansas was the best team in the country. I mean, sure. I mean, obviously, they won the national championship. Like, they, they were a deep roster. But I think North Carolina wins. The guy doesn't twist exactly to the end. But I was also surprised. I, mean, I was kind of happy they didn't, too, because usually the end of these games are slowed down. North Carolina didn't call timeout that last possession. They needed three to tie it. Two very bad shots. Like, those guys did not look very disciplined. They looked like they panicked in the moment, which is understandable. You know, you got 19-year-old kids in the biggest game they're ever going to play in front of a football stadium, the most people they'll ever play in front of. Uh... 
in their career, but it looks like they, they panicked in the end, and then it was two terrible shot selections, bad turnover in the end. But uh, Kansas, for one night, you made your state a desirable place to go to. Kansas was lit Monday night. You know, after after Monday, you know, it's, Can- it's Kansas. No one wants to go to Kansas anymore. But, like, for one night, Kansas was the place to be. Can't say that any other day of the year. <laughs> so, congratulations to the Jayhawks as well. What is a Jayhawk? I saw a sign for North Carolina, birds aren't real. Uh, you know, that whole conspiracy. But I think in this one, it's pretty clear because I- I've never seen a Jayhawk. Have you? You know, if you can comment here, you write in the podcast here. You can email me at... Uh, I'm Kaminsky at mail.bradley.edu. You tell me what a Jayhawk is. Props to you. I'll bring you on the show. Get a bird expert on here. I mean, that, that clear the air. A lot of things. You know, you're probably listening to this conversation right now, me rambling about Jayhawks, and you'll be like, you know what? I'm not surprised this man locked his keys in his car. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Things change quickly in life. So I want to talk about this now, too, sticking with, with the NBA. I think this is a big, pivotal year. In the NBA and NBA circles. And another reason why I point to the Clippers is kind of a model franchise right now because they were missing their star players and they still managed to flourish. But for the longest time, especially after LeBron left Cleveland and he took his talents to South Beach, uh, it became it's a superstar league. Superstars run the thing. Coaches have little power. You know, a star player comes to your team. They're kind of running the organization. Like LeBron, when he goes to a team, you've taken over, basically. They're running the team. Kevin Durant, I feel like the same way in Brooklyn. You know, a lot of these stars, they got a big say. They're the most powerful people, oftentimes, in in the organization. This year was a very bad year for stars. You go across the NBA, let's go down the list of star players and see how it worked out for them. And I think owners will take notice. And I think you're going to see a pivot here. It's going to be a limit and a, a shift in power away from star players. Let's take a look at what happened. So we got LeBron first off with the Lakers. LeBron and AD. LeBron made a lot of the roster decisions. Brought in Russell Westbrook. How uh, that work out? Didn't work out too good. They got no young guys. He's trapped, and he missed a decent amount of time of injury. Anthony Davis missed most of the season with injury, too. So two star players right there. Uh, we go to Brooklyn. Kevin Durant missed a couple months of the season due to injury. Kyrie Irving only played 27 games because of, you know, kind of a flake between they're not wanting to get vaccinated and all that nonsense. So he only played 27 games. And then their third star, James Harden, he wanted out. He missed time due to injury on top of that. So now he, he, he forced his way out. So there's five stars right there. Didn't really, you know, uh, that worked out <laughs> for them. Um, I mean, you just, I don't know. I, I, I think you see all these best police top players in the league and you see what, what's going on here. Like, I wouldn't want to be selling my soul for, for that because I think you can you can build a solid team. Like, the Bucs are an exception, but a lot of that talent was hope. Like, Giannis was no hired gun they brought in. Like, they brought him up and groomed him in the organization. So, yes, he's a star player. He's about the best player in basketball, in my opinion, right now. But, like, that's a little different. I, I think teams are going to think twice before shelling out all these cash for these big-name players and being like, yeah, you know what? You watch decision, everything you say. Like... I would be a little concerned. I don't think it was the best look for star players in the league. You watch this. And also, you got Adam Silver coming out saying they want to do something about players missing big games. That's already a problem they're trying to correct. So, uh, not a great look. If you, 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 Not a great look for the star players across the, the NBA. And Kawhi Leonard, another, he missed a bunch of time. They're paying him. Like, so, I mean, a lot of stars missing big games. So... We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Kind of a pivot point. It's almost like, and it is a good segue too, because it's another pivot point. I think I made the argument 
that the Bengals a couple weeks ago uh, with this year's Super Bowl changed the way the NFL is run. Because the Bengals had two good receivers, and they went out and drafted another one in Jamar Chase, even though they had offensive line help. And those outside weapons, basically with the good quarterback carried in the Super Bowl. The good quarterback's always going to be the same. But for the longest time, it was, you know, you're building it inside out. You get a quarterback, you protect the quarterback, and then you add out the outside, like, trimmings, basically. Well, this year, the Bengals showed that you have a lot of weapons, you can get the Super Bowl. And then we've seen an arms race in the league. Rams just went, they won the Super Bowl. They got the best receiver, arguably, in the NFL. Like, top five receiver in Cooper Cup. What did they do? They go out and add Al Robinson. And, and by the way, they might resign Odell. So, you know, you see the Buffalo Bills now, they, they, it's absurd. Like, a couple of years ago, if you were saying, hey, we're going to pay a wide receiver 90, over 90 million for four years, you'd be like, that is insane. But that's the way the NFL is right now. You're playing wide receivers quarterback one. And I think it's going to continue this way. I think we're going to see the drop in running back play plummet. Quality of running backs are going to drop in the next couple of years, five years or so. Because you're a high school kid right now. You see all this stuff. Like, what do you want to play? Yeah, they ask you to pick your position. Quarterback number one, probably. Glamour thing. After that, you want to play receiver. Why do I want to get hit every day in practice? And then I finally get to the NFL and, you know, I'm not making any money. Running backs don't get paid. What's the big running back contract that was handed out this offseason? I'll wait. There was none. So that's another pivot point I think you're going to see. What what kid's going to want to play running back? No, no one. No one in high school is going to want to play running back. All the best players in college, if you, if you can't play quarterback or you're on the defensive side, you're getting after the quarterback, if you're a skilled player, you're, ta- you're, you're taking receiver every time. Every time. That's where the NFL is. Hey, that, that happened quick there, too. I, I, that came out of nowhere. Um, you know, we also talked last week, Bruce Arians retired, and he went up to the front office, and he took a little shot at Tom Brady again. Any time he's taking a shot at Tom Brady or some form or another, like, you know, the offense, he shouldn't be getting all the credit and whatnot. I'm not a huge Tom Brady fan, but what was the Buccaneers' record the year before he got there? And now let's think about this for a second. It was a pretty similar team. They had Mike Evans. They had Chris Godwin, 7-9. A lot of turnovers. Tom Brady gets there, immediately wins the Super Bowl, and then the next year, the Super Bowl contender. So, don't tell me Tom Brady, you know, is not that much of the... He is. He deserves a bunch of the credit. And also, if you have a star player like that, you know, you do want to make him happy. Like, he... Why do you think Bruce Arians right now is up in the front office? He said he was joking during his retirement press conference. He doesn't even know what his job is. Tom Brady basically got this man fired. That's why you don't take your shot, shots at the star players. The NFL's not even like the NBA where they... Like, if I'm a coach, like, what the hell are you doing? What the hell are you doing? You have a bona fide Hall of Famer in Tom Brady, best quarterback to ever play, and he gets there and you're taking shots at him. Why do you think you're up in the front office right now, Bruce? I mean, come on. That was that looked like poor form, too. And what, do you, what did he have to gain by saying that? What did he have to gain? You know, Tom Brady made a nice Instagram post for him. Not a lot of it was fluff, I mean, because we know, everyone assumed. Like, now that the news first came out, I, we were all assuming, yeah, it's because Brady's back, he wanted him gone. But, like, I mean, come on. I mean, well, it's, I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it goes from, where it goes from here, but... Uh, I'm excited for this NFL season. I, I think it's going to be fun. If I'm the Chicago Bears right now, and, you know, we're talking, you're just jumping around NFL teams, I think you really need to go out and add DK Metcalf. I don't understand why the Bears, you know, you let Allen Robinson go, that's fine. 
But you see the shift in the league right now with wide receivers and get your guys outside weapons. If you have a rookie quarterback on a rookie deal, wouldn't it make sense to pay other people while you have the quarterback in the cheap deal and make his life as easy as possible? Like, Darnell Mooney's your number one receiver. You're just setting him up for failure. So I think I, I think they make a trade for DK. That would, be, that would make things interesting. I would like to see that. That was a complete side tangent there. That was not on the initial agenda. Happy opening week uh, of uh, baseball, though. It's exciting. I was excited for this MLB season. And then the White Sox are getting off to the losing <laughs> They're injury-prone ways already. So they just added... This is a little side story here. Just gear you up for the regular season. So last year's well-documented. The White Sox, they had a ton of injuries. Before the season even started, Eloy Jimenez goes down. Adam Engel goes down. They got to play a rookie, Andrew Vaughn, at a position he's never even played before in left field. He's never played outfield before, hadn't played it in college. Last time he played, it was like in T-ball, basically. They're like, hey, Andrew, on top of uh, having to learn how to hit major league pitching, uh, we're going to make you learn a new position, too. And then Luis Robert gets hurt in center field. Yasmani Grandal got hurt. Michael Kopech missed time. It was just one big injury fest. It was a miracle that team won the division. I mean, the fact that the Twins kind of Dropped the ball. It helped a lot. So this year, we're like, all right, fully healthy squad. Let's go win us a World Series this year. And before the season even starts, we get news. Garrett Crochet, flame-throwing left-handed pitcher who's going to come out of our bullpen. The man's a stud. He was one of, he was my favorite pitcher on the White Sox. I love Garrett Crochet. He's nasty. He's got nasty stuff. He's going to miss this whole year because of Tommy John surgery. Then a couple days later, on top of that, Lance Lynn tears a ligament near his knee. So he's going to miss the first few months. So that's two key contributors gone. Joe Kelly, who we just got from the Dodgers, he's going to miss a couple weeks now with an arm injury. And now it was just announced today, Yoan Moncada is going to be in the IL, too. It's like, what the hell is going on here? Season hasn't even started yet. We're already missing four key contributors. Injury bugs are biting the White Sox again. And I got to say, I am not as optimistic as I once was. I think I was more excited heading into last year than I was this year, and I knew Eloy was going to be hurt. It's just, wow. It's, we're picking up right where we left off from last season. Then we go out and we trade for A.J. Pollock, which, by the way, I like that trade. I think for both teams, the Dodgers needed a closer. Um, you're getting a Hall of Famer in Craig Kimbrell, who wasn't comfortable in the ninth inning in Chicago. He was on a team where they knew they were trying to trade him. So I think he was set up for failure. Came in with a lot of pressure last season, and then the White Sox asked him to do a role that he's not used to in the eighth inning. So, you know, I give him a little slack. I, I was pissed because we traded Nick Madrigal, and I like Nick Madrigal, but I'll cut Kimbrell a little slack. I, I, I can understand why he struggled. I still don't. Yeah, I still never forgive him for making me look like an idiot. The one game I took my girlfriend, Kim Crable, comes into the game like, oh, yeah, this guy's really good. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. Second pitch he threw, Aaron Judge launches a nuke off of him. Absolute piss miss a lot of the ballpark. So uh, she's like, I thought you said he was good. He just gave up a 400-foot blast. And she's like, so I looked like an idiot once again. But, you know, you listen to the show. It's not hard to do. Um, so I think it was good for the Dodgers. White Sox to get a great outfielder in A.J. Pollock. He, he's been a stud. Uh, and so the, the Monday... I was driving, listening to ESPN Radio out here, and they're like, hey, we're at the Buffalo Wide Wings shooting live in Burbank for the uh, national championship. So I'm like, oh, you know what? They're shooting live. I live in Burbank right now. I'm going to go drive over. So after the show, I went up to the, the, the host of the show, introduced myself, and I was asking him. I'm like, hey, listen, I'm a White Sox fan. I had my DeMar DeRozan shirt on to really rub it in that the Lakers couldn't get him because Magic Johnson had just come out. Uh, and this has been well-known in NBA circles. The Lakers wanted uh, DeMar DeRozan initially. DeMar wanted to come there. And uh, basically he was like, um, the Lakers were like, no, nah, we're good. We're going to go get Westbrook instead. And they wanted Buddy Heald. So um, 
Yeah, they could have had Demar, who should be an MVP candidate this year. He was he's having an MVP caliber season. So I wore my Demar to Rosen shirt, really rubbing in. Came up, introduced myself. I'm like, hey, from Chicago area. Curious what your thoughts are on the Kerry Kimball trade. They're like, yeah, we like really we like Kerry Kimball, but he's like, you guys got a very solid player in Pollock. He's gonna be a stud. He'll hit around 260, get you 20 bombs. He'll be a very productive player, but expect him to miss time. He gets hurt all the time. The nickname they have for him around here is Bird Bones. And I'm like, oh, great. He's going to fit in right with the White Sox already. <laughs> Another guy that's injury prone. So this may shock you. It's the, the diehard White Sox fan I am, an absolute homer I am. Uh, I don't have him more in the World Series. If I'm going through the list of teams right now and my MLB prediction, I think you got to go Angels. Angels are the favorite. I mean, you, you just added Freddie Freeman. That's... It's... Like, it, it's I mean, they did lose Seager, but that was a team that they came in second in the division last year. I don't think the Giants are making that. They're not winning again. I, I think a lot of that was fluky. Um, you know, Pakoda has them projected at 100 wins. It's a baseline. Pakoda's usually pretty conservative on the win totals, too. They got them at 100. So I think in the NL especially, like what other team do you see competing with them? I don't see any. So I think you got to go Dodgers. Dodgers my pick to win the West. I think you go Milwaukee out of the Central, despite the fact they lost an opening game. I still think Milwaukee's the best team in, in that division. Um, I, I, would t- I would pick them to win. And at least is always tough. You want to go the Mets on paper, but it's the Mets. The Mets are going to met. I'm going... Ooh, that's a tough one. That's a tough division to peg. Miami and Washington, you know they stink. I want to go Philly. But I don't think they have the starting rotation to do it. Atlanta defending World Series champs. I'm going to take Atlanta. Yeah, I'm taking Atlanta in that division. Houston in the AL West. Chicago in the Central. And then I think you got to go. You know what? I'm going bold here. I'm going Toronto to win that division. I think Toronto makes the next chap. Yankees will be the first wild card team by a lot. But I'm going Toronto in a dogfight. The way too early predictions here. And then I will take uh, out of the two. Uh, I think we're going... I got Yankees from that wild card. I can go over the Yankees. We'll make the postseason. Let's bring on a special guest here. All right, joining us now uh, in honor of the MLB season starting soon. Uh, we got Dorm Room Dispute super fan Oliver Mikulak, and now a little backstory behind Oliver. This this guy this has been this is a guest that's been a long time in the making. Oliver's been listening to the show since day one. He's actually, during our live color cast, he's commented, he, he's brought up some interesting points. You know, he was ahead of the, well, he, he was initially ahead of the curb on the Patriots, and then that turned out to flame out. But um, interesting baseball fan, Oliver, is because we're in Chicago. You got two teams to root for. You know, most of us are Cubs, most of the people are Cubs fans. You know, the smart ones are White Sox fans. Oliver didn't choose the Cubs or White Sox. This man chose the Seattle Mariners. Now, he doesn't have any family from Seattle. He's not from Seattle. He has no relation to... Have you even ever been to Seattle, Oliver? Uh, actually, uh, me and your brother and maybe some other people are planning on going next summer for the All-Star game. Okay, but the, to answer the question, you have not been to Seattle. Yeah. Have you been in the, the Northeast area? Do you mean, uh, no, I have not. All right, so he hasn't even stepped foot in... in yeah, <laughs> he has not stepped foot in Portland uh, or, or Oregon. Um... Uh, and the man's a Mariners fan. And he was a Mariners fan before they were even, like, good. Like, they, they were kind of like a middle-of-the-pack, irrelevant franchise. And last year, they turned out to be one of the funner teams in baseball. So, 
you know, and the Mariners project to be a very good team this year. He's not a bandwagoner. I can say he's not a bandwagoner fan. So we're going to bring him on. We're going to talk a little Mariners. I think the Mariners are one of the more interesting teams in the MLB. Narrowly missed the postseason last year. Kind of a, like an unlikely cast of characters. So, Oliver, I will give you the floor. Welcome aboard. Uh, what are you expecting from uh, your Seattle Mariners this season? go to the playoffs, and I think they have a really good shot at going to the playoffs. Obviously, we know I watched pretty much every Mariners game last year, and um, we were we were able to play for game 162, which is not something that can be said for the Mariners a lot of the time. So, being in the, the race that final weekend of the um, regular season was something that was exhilarating. Came up short, obviously. We go into the offseason, we pick up the American League Cy Young winner, Robbie Ray, and I want to say it's like a maybe a five-year deal, I can't remember, with an opt-out after a certain season. Um, we trade for Adam Fraser from the Padres, who is an all-star, um, second baseman last season. And then a lot of people thought, including myself, maybe we'd get uh, Chris Bryant from the... Uh, from the Giants, I, I almost said Cubs, but obviously he got traded last season. Um, but we end up getting Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez from the uh, Reds, which I love. Jesse Winker, obviously a all-star. Really high bat, really good um, war, batting average, etc. Um, and then Eugenio Suarez is a big home runs kind of guy. So we add those pieces in the offseason. You have probably the best farm system in baseball, in my opinion. Obviously, I'm biased. You have Jared Kelnick, who was red hot in the last season. I know I noticed people who are Kelnick haters and disbelievers, but I'm telling you, um, after what I saw at the end of last season, I think he's going to carry it into this season. And then we have, I'm sure you know Mitch, I'm sure you know his name, Julio Rodriguez, <laughs> the... Mariners' top prospect, the third-ranked prospect in baseball. Um, a lot of people argue he could have been ranked number one in baseball. He was tearing it up in spring training this year. I don't really watch many spring training games, um, but I, I would always at least look at the you know box score and whatever. Um, and I think he had one of the highest averages. He was hitting homers hitting inside the park homer. Um, he got called up to the opening day roster. So you put all those together, um, a good bullpen, too. Um, and I think, I think this team can make a run. Um, I'm going to say playoffs. I hope so. I at least hope they're above 500. I think that's a fair, a more fair, more realistic expectation. Playoffs would, playoffs would be very nice. And if they did get to the playoffs, I think they'd slip into that maybe second wild card spot. Um, I don't think they're winning their division. I think Houston still has that. But um, I, I'm pretty optimistic. Um, obviously, I think I think this could be the year, um, but only time will tell. It is a very tough division, but I mean, you meant you went through the list of additions. I really like the Winker Suarez acquisitions in that trade with the Reds. I mean, first off, I think you guys ripped them off, and you know, you bring up a good point, like. You have a lot of assets because you have probably arguably the best farm system in baseball, and you got J Rod coming up. So 
Uh, the fact he didn't have to give up that much from a deep farm system to get a guy that has 30 plus home run potential every year in Suarez and then Winkler, who's an all, uh, who's an all star. Um, but if you, you go down the list of additions, which one are you the most excited about? You think is going to make the biggest uh, impact in the uh, Mariners uniform this year? Um, are we talking prospects or just uh, like anyone that's trades? coming? It could be prospect. That's it could be Rodriguez. Anyone that's going to be on the roster, new first time on the roster this year, new addition. Uh, who are you most excited okay. about? Um, man, that's a good question because I feel like I, I would say I'm probably most excited for Julio Rodriguez. I think I think he's going to be a stud. I really, really do. Um, as for someone we traded for signed in the off season, obviously you have Robbie Ray, but I would say Adam Frazier, um, from the Padres, the, the all-star, um, he was doing very well in spring training. And I know people say spring training doesn't really matter, but, um, you look at what he did last season with the, uh, I believe it was the pirates he yep. was on before he got traded to the Padres. And you look at his stats there. And before the season, I kind of did a dive into all the acquisitions we got, just out of curiosity. And just what Adam Frazier brings, he's not like a huge home run guy, right? But he puts the ball into play. He can get on base, and that's really all you can ask for, because the Mariners last season, um, I don't know where they ranked in terms of team batting average, but they weren't very high. Um, I think our highest hitter was Ty France. He batted around 290. So having an Adam Frazier who can bat around 300 um, and get on base, I think is going to be really, really important for this team, especially when we have guys like Eugenio Suarez who can hit, who can hit bombs. So um, I think he's going to be really fun to watch. And I'm, I when because that was the first trade they did this off season. When they did that trade, I thought, okay, this team is they're making moves, and I'm I'm excited to see what happens. I, I like the Frazier pick. Uh, I thought just because I really wanted the White Sox to get him last year before the trade deadline. And if you look at his numbers in Pittsburgh, with no lineup protection, the, the man was a stud. He puts the ball in play, and I, I agree, kind of really got the ball rolling. Robbie Ray, concern, I, I, the one thing that concerns me with that Mariners team is the starting rotation, because I think the lineup's deep. And Robbie Ray is very good. I don't see him replicating what he did last year, though, because that's kind of his first like really great season. So I think you take a slight back step back. You're still going to get a guy that's going to be throwing 330 ERA, you know, over 100 innings. He's a, still a, a stud. I just don't know if he can carry a rotation. Is there any concerns? You know, if you had to pick out the one weakness of this team that, that uh, you are a little concerned about, what, would it be that starting rotation, or is there anything else that stands out? It, it probably would be the starting rotation, if I had to be honest. Um, and just a side note, real quick, Robbie Ray actually did have a very good seat, like uh, a very good season with the Diamondbacks in twenty seventeen. In twenty seventeen, mm-hmm. um, I never knew about this. This is what I found again looking him up. He had a two point eight nine or two eighty nine ERA. So I think um, I know a lot of people were worried, like you mentioned, can he do this again? I think he, I think he definitely can. Um, as for, again, going back to the starting rotation as a whole, um, Robbie Ray, obviously, is going to be our ace. And then after that, it's kind of just um, good guys, but no one really stands out. They're solid. We have Logan Gilbert, who was a top prospect, who was who showed a lot of promise last year, um, but he was kind of inconsistent. Um, we 
have actually Matt Brash, who was in the top 100 prospects list, who just got named to the opening day or to the starting rotation, I guess. Um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing him. Um, and then we have guys like Chris Flexen, who's a, not a high strikeout guy. He gets a lot of ground balls, um, and he had a sub-4 ERA last year. And then we have Marco Gonzalez, um, and I might be forgetting someone. So I think they're decent. Um, I think, like you said, that's definitely the biggest weakness. Um, I don't – I think if – I wanted them to add another pitcher in the offseason aside from Robbie Ray, you know, um, and I think if they continue to show that they're going to be good, this, you know, gonna if they do well this season, I think that that should be another priority in the next offseason, getting another high-quality pitcher because that's something we definitely need. Um, but then again, we have good pitchers in the farm system, so I'm not too worried about it. Um, we made we made do last year without a guy like Robbie Ray, and he's only going to make us better. So um, I'm. We'll see, but I do agree with you that that is probably the spot that I'm worried uh, worried about the most in terms of our team. Yeah, I, this Mariners team, I think they're going to be really fun. I think they take that jump to the postseason. I still think they're a year away from being a mm-hmm. contender-type team. It, they almost remind me a little bit of the Padres last year. They bring in all these star players, and it was just and they had a good farm system. Yeah, obviously, Tatis. Uh, and it was just like, how are they going to uh, mesh? And it was a tough division. So a little bit, it still is. It's, I mean, it's not as tough with the Dodgers and Giants as last year. But like, I do think, you know, the Angels, they got a lot of star power. Uh, Houston's always very good. So it'll be interesting to see. I think they, I think they can slip into that second wild card spot. And I think next year is really the year they make the jump, especially after you get all these prospects a little bit of time. Um, to get their feet wet in the majors, but it, it should be interesting to see. Um, now, I am curious, if you had to go over or under uh, for you guys' wins, what you guys, how many wins did you guys have last year? It was 92, I think? Nine, I think so. It was 90 at least. I can't remember exactly if we got up to like 91 or 92, um, not, but 90 regardless, something like that. I'll set the win total 93 and a half, over or under for the Mariners this season. Oh, I'm I'm hammering the under. Um, I think I don't. Again, I don't want to sound pessimistic, but like you said, I think they're still a year away. Um, I think last season they had a lot of things go their way. Um, I just don't know if they can replicate that again. They obviously they got a lot better, so they should be able to do something like that again. But. Um, they were one of the luckiest teams in the uh, in the league last year. I think maybe the luckiest. Um, so I would I would definitely take the under. Um, I think that would be a lock if I if I were better, which um, I might be. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, but <laughs> but uh, anyways, I think I think that's a lock um, to take the under. As much as I want to say and hope it's the over. Um, I think that's still a year or two away. So. Let's see. I'm pulling up their Pocota projections here. Let's see. Uh, they got you guys winning. Okay, so the, the simulation, they have 83 mm. 
wins is what they're giving you. Do you go over? So you go over eighty three, or do you go under eighty three? I go over eighty three. Um, I go. I would say eighty six, eighty seven. I, I know that's just a random kind of like right. throw it out of the hat type guess, but I, I think eighty three is still a bit too low for this team. Um, I think they'll win a bit more than that. Um, I think they could even get back to ninety, but you know, I don't know about cracking ninety three. Yeah, in the high it, it's it's also going to be tough because Texas is much improved, so you can't really beat yep. up on them anymore. The only really cellar dweller in that division is going to be Oakland, and Oakland always seems to find a way to win games they shouldn't. So we'll I mean we'll we'll see how that goes. All right, it's on our opening day. I want your World Series two teams World Series prediction. Uh, right, I've kind of put you on the spot, but you, you, two teams to go to the World Series this year. Who who are you taking? Um, I actually thought about this because <laughs> I, I figured you might ask, but uh, I'm taking. This is a very lame pick. I know. I, I wish it were something more unique, but I'm gonna go Dodgers, Astros, um, rematch of 2017. Dodgers winning six games. Um, I think the MLB world would go crazy if that were a matchup and the Dodgers won just because of the history with the Astros cheating. Um, and obviously the Astros lost Correa, but they still have they have really good pitching. They still have Altuve. They have people like Kyle Tucker, etc. And then the Dodgers, I mean, I don't really even need to say. They're, yeah, they got just loaded. They got other guys. So I'm going to go Dodgers-Astros as much as it pains me to say it, but I, I think that's a safe and honestly pretty decent bet. Oh, yeah. The Dodgers, I think, are a lot. I mean, there's probably no other. If, any, if anyone else has anyone other than the Dodgers uh, coming out of the NL, uh, I'd have to I'd have to question them because you know like it's a it's a I, we're not a lock but like heading into the season clear front runner you just look at that roster top to bottom so uh, we'll see how it pans out uh, Oliver thank you so much for joining us we're gonna have to have you on again so hey, I'll ask you this too before I let you go one one, one last thing have you followed the NHL at all because I know you wanted to jump on the Kraken bandwagon you're going full blown full blown Seattle have you followed the NHL yet at all this year. Uh, I, I've been keeping up with it a bit, you know. So if you had to go, so I'll ask you the same thing then. NHL playoffs coming around the corner. I'm going to give the NHL a little bit of love on this show. I was just at a Hawks-Kings game a, a couple weeks ago, so I kind of I still got the NHL uh, NHL fever, if you will. I forgot how fun watching live hockey is, too. I don't think there's any better sport to watch live than than hockey. Uh, but who do you like heading into the postseason uh, for the NHL? Um, I'm going to go... Western Conference, it's got to be the Avalanche. They underachieve in the postseason every year. They're like the Packers of the postseason. Um, and, he, and they, you know, they're the one of the best teams in the regular season, and then they completely blow it um, in the off season or not in the off season in the postseason. I think this is finally their year. So I'm going to go Avalanche, Western Conference, Eastern Conference. Um, Hurricanes and Panthers, I think, are the two best, and I think it's kind of a toss-up. So I'm going to go Avalanche, Hurricanes, West, or Avalanche, Hurricanes, Stanley Cup Final, Avalanche win in seven games. Okay. I like, you know what, that would be a very unique Stanley Cup. I would not mind to see the Hurricanes there at all. Oliver, thank you so much for joining us. I'll have to check back up. Mid-season. See how, how the Mariners hold them yeah. out. But yeah, thank you. Thanks for coming on.
All right, sounds good. Thanks for having me, Mitch. I'll see you later. Yada, yada, yada. Editing magic. Thanks to Oliver for stopping uh, by here. Um, let's get a word from our sponsors really quick. By the way, I'm going to plug a movie here. i got a short film coming out. Your guy, he directed a uh, a short film, a written and directed by Mitch Kaminsky, a Mitch Kaminsky joint, if you will. It's not very good. I'm, I'm going to warn you. But that's going to be up pretty soon. I'm going to retweet it to the thing. Give it a, give it a little look. Uh, you know, big movie bitch out in L.A. Becoming a filmmaker. It's a piece of crap. I'm, I'm going to warn you, but I think you'll get a kick out of it. It's a, it's a funny piece of crap. It's a funny piece of crap. It's comical how bad uh, it is. Uh, also, if you go to our Twitter, by the way, I want to point out, you know, we were at SoFi Stadium. Uh, this week for for uh, stadium tour, you know, looking around. I don't think it's going to be a nicer sporting arena, facility, complex in the world in the next 20 years. Like, that was probably the nicest sporting facility, stadium, whatever you I've ever been in. Just, like, the levels to it. They have, like, a desert at the second level. It goes underground. It is gorgeous. There's not a bad seat in the house. I mean, if you're lucky enough to watch the Super Bowl there, like, more power to you. But go to the Twitter. You know, if you're an NFL scout out there, you need a you Drew Locks your quarterback, you want a third string. Uh, there's a host named Mitch Kaminsky, podcast host. And he was dropping some dimes out in that field. And it's going on the field in NFL Stadium. Mitch can chuck it. Big lights didn't seem to phase him. Just saying. You want a third string quarterback to hold the clipboard? I'm your guy. All right, enough with the self-plugs. <laughs> Let's get to what we actually wanted to advertise. Shocked Hydrate. You know, there's a lot of energy drinks out there. You know, you got your Red Bull, you got your Bang. Yeah, I've had a Bang energy before, and it was phenomenal. But it was like I was on, like, it was, it's almost too much caffeine. I felt like I was having a heart attack. I've never done cocaine before, but I feel like you take two Bang energies, you're almost, like, too hopped up. That'd probably be like, a, <laughs> I might be wrong, like, I have no idea. Hey, it was almost too much. Way too much. You know, Red Bull, Red Bulls are fine, I guess, but, you know. What if you? What if you're? Uh, you're not a Max Verstappen fan. You don't want to. You don't want to support Team Red Bull Racing. You don't want that. Also, there was a rumor a couple years ago that Red Bull had bull semen in it. It's obviously not true, but that was still a rumor. You really want to be drinking something with that sort of rumor attached to it? Why don't you go something low maintenance? No bad rumors. Doesn't sponsor an F1 team. They're they're the working man's energy drink. I'm talking, of course, about Shocked Hydrate. You use the code DISPUTE when you go to shockedenergy.com. You can get 10% off your order. That is DISPUTE, D-I-S-P-U-E-T. If you can't spell DISPUTE, go there. You get 10% off. They'll kick a portion of that to the podcast. So you'll be supporting me too. It's a win-win. You're getting the best energy drink in the business, and you get to support me. What's better? <laughs> so uh, there you have it. Um yeah, I'm trying to think. Any other big stuff? I mean, there's always stuff that you met. Tiger Woods is back in the Masters. I was watching a little bit of that today. He looks good, man. He's the only guy that can pull off not wearing the collared shirt. It pisses me off when golfers don't wear the collared shirt because they get out of the polo. I think it looks bad. Tiger Woods comes out there with his like pink pink Nike thing. It's almost like a t- turtleneck-looking thing, and he, man, he pulls it off. There's so many reasons not to like Tiger, but he's just so captivating. I don't think that he's the closest thing since Michael Jordan and the golf world. And the sports are completely different, not nearly as exciting, but like... The man's polarizing. You tune into an event just to watch Tiger. Like, without, without, for the sport of golf, t- Tiger is the Michael Jordan. You can argue whether he's the greatest of all time or not. I would argue he's probably not the greatest of all time, but he's the most captivating, and he's great for the sport of golf. Master Raiden's gonna go way up this weekend. Just you watch. I'm rooting for him. Negative one after the first day here, too. So we'll see. He's not gonna win. I, he's definitely gonna win, but I, I just hope he stays competitive. Keeps it, keeps it a little, 
little compelling, uh, you know, if you will. Um, but yeah, there you have it. I think that's all we have for you this week. You know, if I missed anything, we'll just talk about it next week. But uh, thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the rest of your week.